Hi everybody, Brian Davis here. This is Longhorns Unfiltered coming to you after the very interesting, for a whole host of reasons, the Texas 36, Oklahoma State 30 victory at Royal Memorial Stadium tonight. Here with Danny Davis and Kirk Bowles. And boys, this was, uh, it was sloppy. It was ugly at times. But the main thing to me, and Danny, I'll start with you, Texas has not been able to win ugly at all for years. Right, and the fact that they did it again tonight, maybe that's progress, and we'll get into all that. But the fact that they got a W despite not playing their best seems to me that there is a little bit of progress here. Yeah, uh, they also haven't beat Oklahoma State in forever, so this was just a couple things they checked off their list. Like you said, they didn't play well. Um, the punt return team, there's issues defensively. There was issues, but they made the plays and they needed to make the plays and. They managed to squeak by. Don't know exactly how it happened. Probably going to have to watch film alongside Tom Herman or whatever you know, he always says, says, but they got it done. That's all that matters. Kirk, it's the first win over Oklahoma State in Austin since 2008. Uh, Sam Ellinger, you look at what he did tonight, uh, 281 yards, four touchdowns, but he didn't sugarcoat it either. He basically said this was not our best, got a lot to clean up right. uh, if they want to get to where they want to go. Well, I mean, he threw an interception for Pete's sake. What's that about? Let's get the backup in there. I mean, come on, cheapers. <laughs> 15 touchdowns, one pick. I guess we'll allow one, I guess. Maybe a second one this year. One? Maybe. Maybe another maybe one. Maybe two. Later this year. But Sam was Sam otherwise. Four touchdowns, four different receivers. Colin Johnson misses his second week in a row, and they don't skip a beat in the passing game. Even got Cade Brewer. Uh, initiated into the touchdown club. Uh, neat little flea flicker. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Tim Beck, for keeping it interesting. So uh, it's still a very good offense, and I think the defense showed signs. Had a couple goal line stands, sniffed out a uh, fake field goal on a fourth and six, and uh, played despite a host of injuries to a mass unit of a defensive secondary. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like this game, this is one of those games that literally has so much, it's kind of hard to pack it all into one story. Uh, The fake field goal, I'll I'll be honest, I I didn't even get that in my game story because there was so much other stuff, right? Right. But this is where I'm at with this, guys, is that you take away all of their mistakes, including the botched uh, fourth down play that they had, uh, two botched uh, punt returns, Look, the name of the game tonight was to stop Chuba Hubbard and at least slow Tylen Wallace. And they did that. 12 tackles for loss. And I, and I, and I don't want to say that Tylen Wallace was a non-factor, but he kind of was. Targeted eight times, five catches for 83 yards. Danny, uh, what did you make of just the, the effort of the secondary? Because there were times when you didn't even know who was out there. Yeah, I mean, this was the secondary healthy was there going to be a lot of question marks and then you know i think they ended up with five defensive backs on the injury report two guys not playing today demarvion and bj foster and three guys got hurt um throughout the game but you know they just did a good job in thailand they you know had you know a corner and a safety kind of shading over throughout much of the game so you know oklahoma state probably wisely decided to go elsewhere and not try to force feed him even though he's an incredible receiver but when you have two guys there was one play they threw over there and caden was just waiting for caden stearns was just waiting for him to toss it over so he could get a hit in so they did a pretty good job covering him and then you know like you said um you know they made uh, they made Chuba work for those yards, and after what happened last year in Stillwater with those guys combining for over 300 yards, I think Tom Herman and Todd Orlando will take these stats any any day of the week. 
Yeah, you just want to check this one off and move down the road because I tell you, Hubbard's a load. Thailand Wallace, I thought they probably should have force fed him some more because he's that good. And even Todd Orlando said this week, those 50 50 balls are 90 10 balls because he usually comes down with them. And Spencer Sanders, the redshirt freshman quarterback, really impressed me. I mean, running, passing, didn't always make the best decision, but he's got an electric quality to him. And and this Oklahoma State team, they're going to beat a lot of people. And, you know, if you told me right now they're going to be in the Big 12 title game, it wouldn't totally shock me. They've gotten some improvement to do on defense and stuff to clean up as well. But uh, that's an electric offense going to score a lot of points this year. Well, that, to me, and to me, that's the big thing, too, about what Mike Gundy had tonight. Uh, this is a unit that will give a lot of people fits all season long. And you're right, Kirk. I think this is a group that's going to probably end up averaging, you know, 35 Maybe close to forty points a game, just because of all, just because of all these weapons and and uh, and how and how they have done it. Um, you know, Danny, you talked about the injury report. Maybe go over. Let's go over a little bit of that. Uh, I don't. I can't think of a team that needs a bye week right now more than the Bevos, yeah. considering everyone that's healthy. Uh, maybe you kind of give us a rundown here of what are the big injuries that jump out to you. Like I said, B.J. Foster missed with a hamstring, as did Colin Johnson. They didn't, they didn't suit up. Um, DeMarvion Overshone still out with his back injury. Then, you know, Jalen Green starting corner, you know, hurt his shoulder. Looked pretty bad in the tackle there in the first half. Caden uh, Stearns led the team in 12 tackles, but he left early with a knee injury. So that's something to keep an eye on. And then uh, Josh Thompson, who's kind of a versatile defensive back for them, he hurt his foot, and Tom said he, they they know they know he's going to be out for a while. The other guys they need to get tests on, and maybe we'll see all five of those um, you know back at West Virginia. But Josh Thompson's going to be out for a while um, with a foot injury, and then a bunch of guys kind of went in and out, um, you know, with little stingers here and there. You know, um, had to be tended to, but then were able to come back in. But those three were the big uh, you know ones during the game. So Kirk, what do we need now? We just need to stock up on duct tape. That's the way this is going. <laughs> and- Hitting the medicine cabinet. You know, Keandre Coburn was another one that walked off very gingerly, but I think he came back as well, as you said. So you're right, guys. It's it's the perfect timing for that, and this is going to be a, a two weeks of buys uh, during the season, and I'm not so sure Herman wouldn't want them back-to-back, you know, before they go on their next uh, road trip uh, to West Virginia in two weeks. So, uh, But it's a lot easier to mend when you're coming off a win and uh, you're 1-0 in the Big 12. Absolutely. You know, one thing that Herman said that really caught my attention in the postgame was, uh, and I'm counting it up here, Oklahoma State had what appears to be 13 drives and only three touchdowns. That's, I think that's pretty dang good. And uh, you look at the way, look, I've been very critical of how the defensive line has played early yeah. on. Have been, absolutely. But i tell you what, I thought Malcolm Roach was terrific tonight. He shoved his man back on that fourth down play mm-hmm. to where Hubbard tripped on his own offensive lineman's leg, fell down for one-yard loss. Coburn obviously getting the big play. And Taquan Graham uh, made his presence felt tonight. Danny, let me ask you, what of what we've seen of the first three games, what did you like tonight that – uh, impressed you or you thought was a big step forward or a big step back in any position? I still think, I mean, Devin DuVernay is having an incredible season. Um, he was a huge weapon tonight, 12 of the, their 20 catches. So obviously he's a, just developed into that uh, you know, big-time talent. And then I just like the way their young receivers are stepping up. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a team last year where they had three receivers and then really not that much after that. 
but you know, Colin Johnson hasn't played two weeks, and guys like Jake Smith, guy like Brandon Eagles, obviously they don't play Colin's position, but you know, those guys are stepping up and making big plays. Malcolm Epps kind of disappeared tonight, but he he had a very a couple of big moments like last week against Rice. So I do like the development of their young receivers. I love the way that Keontae has bounced back these past two weeks after very much a so. very disappointing game against LSU. And so I just like the way these young guys are stepping up on defense. It isn't obviously Sam is going to get the the hype and he deserves it, but this is not just a you know the Sam Ellinger show. There's a lot of talented kids developing on this um, offense that we weren't expecting before the season. Kirk, same question to you. What four games into this thing? What stands out to you as uh, what you really like, and maybe maybe something you don't? Well, I think the defense getting some stops tonight was crucial, and I think that's going to kind of stoke their confidence a little bit. You know, we saw Coburn get a sack against Rice, and you see his confidence kind of taking off. So, And, and to be as battered as they were in the defensive backfield and still kind of hold up, you know, and not let Tyland Wallace streak all over the field. So I think the confidence that the defenses may be getting that they can play and survive in these shootouts, and there are going to be other shootouts. And then as Danny mentioned, Keontae Ingram, I thought – this was his breakout game. He ran harder than I think I've ever seen him run, making people miss that one long run. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think about six people missed on him before they brought him down. And, and you can see he discarded the knee brace, which he hated, and he's running freer and I think more confidently. And so I think those two are probably the biggest signs of progress. Yeah, as we mentioned, uh, Texas heads into a bye week uh, right now, a much-needed bye week given all of the uh, bumps and bruises around here. And let's talk a little bit about the schedule kind of going forward. Um, There was a reason why that they had all of the recruits do official visits tonight so that the coaches could spend extra time with them and their families after this game because, like we said, there's no game next week. Um, Danny, I would expect that we uh, will see a lighter practice schedule next week and then they'll be back at it uh, a week from Monday getting ready for West Virginia so if you were Tom Herman what would you want to do with this bye week coming up um, that list of injuries we just talked about yes uh, those, those guys all get the next week off. medicine man galore is what I would say yeah I mean obviously you know you get, you get an extra week to kind of get ready for West Virginia a team that's kind of struggled a little bit this year but you know you still have to go there and go in their house and this is a Texas team as we saw many points last year can't just overlook anyone or you know they can get beat so i mean just the coaches get some extra time to prepare they'll get to recruit next weekend and then you know those guys that need to get healthy um they have an extra week of not having to you know get that extra wear and tear on their bodies during practice and um, you know for texas's sake hopefully those guys will be uh ready to go in two weeks kirk what are you gonna do during the bye week rest R-E-S-T, rest. I would let them relax. I would let them get their feet back under and let them go to class, let them clear their minds, look at what they've accomplished. They three and one, and they came close to knocking off a top-five team in LSU. They should be proud of what they've accomplished, and now they need to rest up for this next stretch. And so, uh, uh, like I said, I think this is probably the most perfect buy I think may I've ever seen mm-hmm. for a Texas team as beat up as they are. So I would – I'd hardly practice. I'd have a couple practices and really let them, you know, rest and recover. Plus, they get an extra week to decide whether or not they went one in on this class action lawsuit against uh, Chris Del Conte. Yeah, let's talk, let's talk let's talk a little about this briefly before we wind it up here. Let's wind it up on a funny note. Um, you know, in case anybody was monitoring Twitter during the game, Texas students. 
were out of control. They were straight up out of control. And the, and the students need to understand, this is a mess of their own making, okay? When thousands of students tried to bum-rush the gate against LSU, Texas obviously had to put in better security protocols. You can't have that. So what they had, what they had outside on the eastern side was a giant line queue where everybody had to line up. And Kirk... The students get mad and they even threaten Del Conte. They're going to sue him because they can't get in a seat. What are they doing suing, threatening the athletic director on Twitter? Do they know this is a 3 and one team? It's, it's destined to be a top-ten team. And this is a guy that wears a plumber outfit with a tool belt? He fixes bathrooms during the games. He does everything. And then they're, 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 what are they doing? They're just uh, spoiling him or ruining him. You know, if I'm Chris Del Conte, I get off Twitter for another, maybe the rest of the season. Well, Danny, you being the Instagram king of the three of us here, I told Drew Martin, I said, he has to get off Twitter. He can only do Instagram during the games. Yeah, but then people are going to be sending him pictures of them flipping him off or <laughs> th- with, with the, the legal papers or something like that. I don't know, it's, it's one of those things, you know, Texas, this system obviously is not perfect. Um, as much as we like to rag on the kids, I do think there's stuff that Texas probably needs to. Couldn't they figure, have another gate? Don't figure, they have one gate? Yeah, there's stuff that they need to figure no, that, out on that there. That is true. And, that is true. They only have one gate. You're right. At the same time, you know, kids settle down. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why you're threatening. You know the, you know there's look look at all the you know nice suites. There's a lawyer that you know. Chris can just go turn to him and be like, take care of this. And I don't know what kind of lawyer you think you have at home, but I think uh, Chris Delconte will be fine. I, I just hope they don't go toilet paper his house tonight. I mean, you know, all bets are off with uh, Chris Delconte kind of bringing it on himself because he's been so accessible. That's true. That's true. Well, I hope the Texas students save their energy because uh, they've got a long season left, as do we. We will probably take uh, take a little bit easier this week. We will rest up, but we will still have lots of coverage on hook'em.com for you, and that is going to be it for tonight here at Royal Memorial Stadium. So once again, Texas 36, Oklahoma State 30. Longhorns win their Big 12 opener. They are now 3-1 and one and going to move up in the AP poll when it is updated on Sunday. And uh, for Danny Davis and Kirk Bowles, I'm Brian Davis. This has been Longhorns Unfiltered, and we will talk to you next time.